This is Courage Cast, encouraging one another so that more will believe. Well, welcome to the Courage Cast. I'm Eric Nordoff, and I am sitting across from yet another guest here in the podcast studio. Craig Goldman, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. It's so good to be here. Yeah. Finally. Yes. Finally, I have the youth pastor, the model youth mm. pastor, in my mm. opinion. Not model in model, terms of looks. Look, okay, I thought you were talking about looks. I mean, you're, looks you're too. Like, Definitely looks. Yeah, yeah. At least this is, this is a audio form, so you can't improve. By the way, speaking of looks, I noticed like your shirt matches your your facial hair, your your mm, your the mustache. Red on the red. Yeah, I didn't even realize you had such red hair. Yeah, because you have blonde. A blonde. If you, hair. if you, I'm wearing a hat. So if I'm wearing a hat, it covers the blonde, and so it makes me look like I'm a redhead. Yeah, I'm just realizing this. It's a German. Is it German? Yeah, yeah it's German. But you know, actually, what I learned in Ireland was a lot of people think it's like an Irish thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually redhead, red hair, uh, is is Viking. Mm. It's a sign that of of that you have Viking uh, roots. It's yep. the Vikings. That explains a lot about my life now. You're a warrior. A war- I am. You are. Have I you ever seen that. that show, Vikings? I've never. I have watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite that level. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't even know where I was going with this, but you yeah. are the model youth pastor. You've been youth pastor at Gateway church for how long five years actually this past week was my fifth year anniversary Mm -hmm. so and this is our church this is was our church for seven years um we've recently started uh attending another church uh we're at um hope you see uh with dustin smith yeah yeah, yeah. and that's kind of been kind of our home the last few months did you know that i did not know that you didn't i didn't know that oh wow I heard a little bit about him starting that church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. I mean, I still don't feel like it's not, not, there's nothing negative about Gateway that I have to say. But um, so before you came, we had another another mm-hmm. dude is actually the very first person I met at Gateway when we visited to because Michael Farron yes. was going to produce Chrissy's album, okay. and that's how we met Michael, and that's how we met Charlie, and just started to get to know the family there. But he was the youth pastor before um, Joel. Joel, yep. Uh, and then you came along, and you were like to me the the model youth pastor. That's why I said that. Because well, I appreciate it because I had no idea what I was doing. Really. I had no idea when I when I heard that I was going to be youth pastor. I literally bought every youth pa- <laughs> youth ministry book I could, and was just like, I just got to yeah. read all about it and, and figure it out. And so I literally had no idea what I was doing. I was twenty one years old, only twenty one, twenty one, just out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, scared straight, but mm-hmm. felt like I was supposed to do it, and mm-hmm. and so I just faked it. Faked it. Just I didn't know it that. I made it. So, but you graduated with a, uh, what was your degree? Uh, business. Business? With a focus in nonprofit administration. Really? So I, I thought you were, I thought you had like a ministerial. I do not. Seriously? Yeah, I do not. I, yeah, I went to school for, I never actually planned on being a pastor. Mm-hmm. That was never really in, in the cards. I had spent time overseas in Africa. And so the whole heart behind getting a degree in business was so I could help on the business side of nonprofits, mm-hmm. but didn't really think that was for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it came time to, when I got the call from Charlie, I was working at a church, still didn't think that was a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that position was just a short-term position. 
Um, but one night I was working with the youth group at that church and I felt like the Lord impressed upon my heart that night, like you're going to be doing this mm-hmm. at some point. And I thought that was like, okay, maybe, you know, six, seven years from now when I do have a degree maybe in this or something okay. like that. So you didn't feel qualified. Didn't feel qualified. Yeah. yeah. But then actually the next week I got a call from Charlie. He's like, Hey, have you ever thought about doing youth ministry? And I was mm-hmm. like, matter of fact, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. So yeah. it was one of those things where it's like, all right, this is not from me. This is not of me. This mm-hmm. is something that I was trying to make happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord opened that door and made it clear to this, from Gateway's side and my side, that's what I was supposed to be doing. And so now I look back and I'm like, I don't know what else I thought I'd be doing. Like I thought about one point getting my contractor's license and and doing that. So I really had no idea what I was doing. You mean so the construction? Construction, because mm-hmm. I, I worked with the construction uh, organization right out of college. So I really had no idea. I was just a kid out of college, you know, that wow. that time of life where you're trying to figure out what the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. And so um, the Lord just opened that door and like, all right, I'm going to... I'm gonna, gonna, jump, I'm gonna move it. in. Yeah. Well, you did fake it really well because, um, and I don't think you really faked it. I think it was all in you, and it was God working right, in exactly. you, right? Yes. So, um, but you're also really good speaker, man. Thank you. Really good. Like I you spoke that. many times. I mean, all the time in front of the youth and with the youth, and led a lot of that. But, but also it our whole congregation. Yeah. No. I was How very, many times? Like at least a few times so, a year. I think the past five years, like 12 times. So like mm-hmm. just about like two times, two, three times a year. Mm-hmm. I'm super grateful for Charlie giving me that chance because I'd only been there for about six months when I had my first sermon and like, he had no idea. I've never had a sermon. So gosh, I mean, good for you. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah it's one of those things where I, I always wanted to speak really since I was in middle school. I listened to so many podcasts of different pastors and loved it, but I had no idea if it was something I could even do. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to Gateway and gave my first message kind of as like a tryout for the youth group, like it was the first time I ever really spoke mm. in that setting. And so um, it, it got tested. It was like, all right, is this something that is just something I love? I think I like, or mm-hmm. is it something I can actually do? Mm. And what I found is that it's it's still something I love to do, but I do believe it's a gifting that God has, has given me. And mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for a place that's allowed me to develop that gift and to use it. And for Pastor Charlie, who has believed in me and allowed me to to use it, not only with the youth, but then entrusted me with the pulpit in front of big church. Yeah. <laughs> you call yeah. it growing yeah, big up. Big church, right? Big church where all the, the grownups are. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. All of us old folks in the audience cheering you on. Um, we joke I've joked with you a lot about several things. Mm -hmm. Let's just get those out of the way. I want to bring those up right now. Uh, First is uh, you're a millennial. Yes. And I I don't mean to joke about that because I think some people are sensitive. It's not funny. Yeah, I get offended every single time. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not funny. (laughs) It's still funny to me. (laughs) No, yeah. It's it's one of those things where it depends who's making the joke. And obviously, I'm not going to be offended for my whole generation, right? (laughs) I'm offended for the millennials. Yeah, I got to be offended, right? Everyone's offended about everything today, so I'm Mm going to be offended too mm-hmm. um but yeah you, you you've joked with me quite a bit up you know yeah. being a millennial and i don't know how it became it's not even funny but it's um <laughs> but you did have a millennial pot like a podcast i did i did for a while what was it called it was called becoming yeah, yeah it was all about becoming and chasing god-sized dreams and what that looks like and so did that for a while um and then did with my wife for a little bit and then kind of Why'd we, you had, stop? We, had a, we had a baby and it kind of Stop. Mm-hmm. Also, but you know this podcasting is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to build an audience, and so it's one of those things. Was like, all right, with everything else we're doing, is this something that we can give our attention and consistency? I mean, you were the 
You, uh, how, what, when, how many podcasts have you done now of this? Uh, of this episode? This uh, is going to be episode of this podcast. Yeah. This is going to be episode 446. Yeah, which is amazing. <laughs> I think we got to like episode 29 or something. So I didn't have a it's lot hard. of opportunity to, to make it. I mean, if we wanted to, I mean, I look back now, I'm like, if we would have kept doing it to this point, who knows where it would be. Right. Um, but it was great to do it and to be able to interview people and to, to speak at least into the few people my mom listened you know i at least know she listened i think a couple other people listened and so it was fun to do yeah um but it was also coming from a place of i am passionate about this generation mm-hmm. and believe me what god's doing is going to do is doing currently in this generation it's mm-hmm. not just like okay we're gonna have to wait 15 years god's already working and moving mm-hmm. um and so yeah we joke but i also know that it's coming from a place where you're not actually dogging on i don't mean it no right, right no 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 i i have a huge like i'm in many ways i'm kind of jealous of millennials number one you're younger <laughs> you're cooler you're hipper you you have so much you have so much life in front of you right you know what are you 26 27 yeah so i mean i had my first kid at 27 as Third well yep. um and then or no 28 i didn't even have my our, we didn't have our Alex until I was 28. Um, he just turned 20. So, so I'm 48. Math, you're 40. Okay. I was going to take some years off of that, but yeah, you just thanks, came out bro. and said, okay. Thanks, bro. No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with it. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I'm jealous of millennials for sure. I think you, you have a lot going for you. I think you have your own unique challenges mm-hmm. and I find it a very interesting people group. It's often made fun of. Like right. I remember that John Chris skit. Um uh, that whole video about taking care of millennials yeah. and be taken care yeah. of. What do you feel about that? Not about John Chris, because I know it's a whole different, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's on him didn't now. Age well, yeah. <laughs> uh, that did not age well. Right? Um, yeah. So there's so much to be said about millennials. So we could, we, we could do a whole podcast just on, yeah. on millennials. But I think... I think it depends where it's coming from because it's like, okay, we can laugh about things, right? It's, it's okay to be able to be, you know, laugh about... But it's all generalizations, right? Mm-hmm. It's It's not... I think the whole generational thing is is kind of a myth in itself because there's so much more that comes into building a person than just the time they were born in history, right? Right. right. Your family background, where you're born in the country. I mean, a millennial, me being in Tennessee, being a millennial is going to be completely different than somebody in Germany being a millennial or mm-hmm. even in California being like, it, it, there's so many different factors that go into Cultural. it. Cultural. Right. And so when I hear people talking about millennials and dogging on millennials it's like okay the generalization just isn't helpful mm-hmm. isn't helpful for anybody yes there are people but I'm, I'm i'm guessing in every generation there's people who can fulfill those those things of being lazy or mm-hmm. or you know trying to get free stuff like we all want free stuff right like i like is that really wrong i don't know but but all these generalizations aren't helpful i think it it but it allows people not to have to deal with the nuance, mm. right? If you can just generalize somebody, you don't really have to get to know them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really dig into like, okay, what's there's more to them than just their, their generation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but I also think there are some of the generalizations are positive generalizations. Like this, like millennials are, I think we're a passionate generation. Yeah. Like we care about the work that we do. We care about the world. We want to, how do meaningful work. We want to leave. Right. You want to work with purpose. Right. That's one with of purpose. the yeah. biggest things that I sure. would generalize about millennials right. positively. So I'll take a positive generalization. Yeah. But I see that with a lot of my friends, like, you know, one of the generalizations were, were lazy, but 
a lot of people I see are starting businesses, mm -hmm. like they're taking risks, they're they're passionately pursuing after what they they're dreamed up, and and so maybe on the other side, I've seen people who are maybe unhealthily pursuing those things at too fevered of a pace, mm -hmm. you know, and so laziness might be judged differently from an older generation that sees, okay, you go to work 40 hours a week right. and you put in your time and that's right. the expectation. Mm -hmm. But the way that we work is just different. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different. Yeah. You, you could be working at 12 midnight right. or 6am, right. but you may, it's, you're kind of, one of the things I love about, not necessarily, it's not a millennial thing, but it's a an era of time, a season of time and, and a place in time that we are in is that we can work mm -hmm. wherever, whenever uh, we want. And that's a beautiful thing. That's one of the things I, I absolutely love. And it's a, one of my, my values is I structure my life around what I believe is most important, which yeah. is my time with my family. I want to be close with my family. I like to be with them and I like to do things together. I want to travel. Uh, I want to be flexible. I don't want to be tied down to a yes. nine to five job. Right. And I think that's also a millennial. Yes, that's absolutely. Belief. That's there where I think the businesses and organizations that figure that out are going to be the, the most successful in the future. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can be flexible with work time. We get flexible with time off, flexible with working with different schedules and how people work. Because now for me, I have a kid. And so like for me, I value that. I value time with my family. And so, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I'm like, all right, is being a, owning my own business a positive thing going forward? Because I can't have that flexibility to be with a family, my family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or I'm thinking about, okay, do I go back into the workforce where I'm working 40 hours a week and just clocking in, clocking out. And then I'm, you know, it's a third of your life mm -hmm. that you're sitting behind a desk um, or, or going to And then the other work. third you're sleeping. Exactly. So you have one third where you're doing, and that third is not just spent, you know, pouring into your fit. There's all these other things that have to happen right. in the other third. And so I think what millennials want to do is say, we have a short life. How can we maximize that? And not only working flexibly, but also the work that we do being meaningful mm -hmm. where it's not like, okay, I have my life that I like, and then I have work that I hate. Mm -hmm. It's not compartmentalized. Right. No, it's all. like, I want my whole life to flow. And so when I am working, it just, it's a, it's just addition to the rest of my life. Right. Right. It flows from everything else that I'm doing mm -hmm. because it's all purposeful. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think what even what business had to figure out at every level is how do we make work meaningful? Mm -hmm. How does it have purpose? It's not just about getting a paycheck. It's about how do, how do I go home at night feeling like I actually did something that mattered in the world right? and made a difference? Yeah. Um, and so much more attention is being given now in the business world to starting with why and the yes. whole Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. Have you read that book? I've not read it, but I've listened to a lot of it. You've probably stuff. seen his golden yeah. circle, start yep. with why and the move your yep. way out. Like that's hugely important in this day and age mm -hmm. is if you're not embracing that millennials or really most people now, I think especially the under 50 that are in the workforce are really thinking, unless you're in this kind of blue collar mentality, but right. I'm not definitely not a blue collar person um, that there's, there's more to this life and I want everything I do to matter. So we might feel things more these days. We might, get more offended by things or whatever. But I think it's a, has a lot to be tied to this whole, what's the purpose mm -hmm. of what we do. And I think that's a great place for, for God to come in and right. play a role in yeah. that too. Don't you think? Yeah. You had to, you had to add 
not just add him in, but allow him to drive that mm-hmm. of it's not, because the why can easily become just a selfish thing. Like, how can I make my life the most comfortable? Yeah. How can my life be the easiest? How can my life just become all about, about me? And so, and so the why has to be driven by, okay, I'm created by God with purpose. And so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And it might be uncomfortable to follow that, mm-hmm. but ultimately that's where the most purpose comes from. And so I think the measurement as a Christian changes of what's actually meaningful and purposeful. Yeah. So um, another thing is, I think you, um, another thing we joke about is how huge you are mm-hmm. in Battle Creek, yes. Michigan. Battle Creek, Michigan, which is so it's funny not really because- true. Because I've, I don't, you aren't I've from never, Battle Creek. I'm from Kalamazoo. And so I'm not even from Battle Creek. So I literally have no idea how it started. I think it's just a joke between us. Yeah, I think it is. Is anyone, anyone else say you're huge in Battle Creek? You were huge in Battle Creek? I have no reason to believe that anybody No would, one else has said that. Or has ever yeah. thought that or ever have any reason to think, <laughs> I think that. I'm, I'm thinking about titling this. Craig I'm Goldman, huge in, huge in, in Battle, Battle Creek. Creek yeah. yeah. Which so, won't make any sense to anybody. Except yeah. me. Yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a come to mean something between us, but I still have no idea. We don't know it started, what it really means. What it really means. I know, because you're from Kalamazoo. From Kalamazoo. You're actually from what town? Galesburg. Galesburg. Which is huge. in between Battle Creek and Kalamazoo. Which right. it's not really hard to be huge in Cal- in Galesburg because like there's a there's McDonald's there, right? There's a McDonald's. That's where I worked my mm-hmm. first well, my first real job in high school is at McDonald's. We do have, I think, the most trailer homes per capita. That's a plus. In Michigan, in Gillsburg. In Michigan? So I don't know what... Did you grow honestly, up in a trailer? I've, Are you a trailer no, no, park? No, I've, I grew up in a neighborhood in a house, mm-hmm. but I knew a lot of people who did. They grew up in trailers, and honestly, I think there were some pretty nice trailers. Absolutely. Like, there's nothing wrong with My it, wife grew up in a modular. Okay, yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. But so Galesburg was, you know, it's one of those small little towns, you know, like working one, class, working class, one little... One little one horse, one stoplight, one horse, light, one yeah. horse town, one horse town. Yeah. But did your family? Over. But I say Battle Creek because Kellogg's yes. is the big. My company. mom works at Kellogg's, so she there is a does. connection. There is a connection to Battle mm-hmm. Creek there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we grew so up. So do you like to eat cereal? cereal? I do. I love cereal. But Are no you a problem. cereal killer? I do you am. Kill that I bowl of cereal. Cereal. The best part about going home to my mom's house is she has tons of like Kellogg snacks. Oh yeah. So like every time oh. I go home, I'm like looking for the new stuff, like what's come out. Oh, does she have like, all the? Latest? Oh yeah, because she gets like free. They get like the free stuff in advance. So sometimes oh. you don't. You, it's like not a labeled box. You're not sure what you're getting, but it's mm-hmm. all good stuff. But here's the thing. I recently, well, three years ago, my wife and I stopped eating dairy and gluten. I was just about to say this. And so the problem is like, we had to be very selective. Like Kellogg is trying, they, they understand they have to like market to, especially a younger generation that is thinking more about health. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that takes out a lot that we can eat. And here's the thing, when growing up, we used to get skim milk all the time, yeah. which is basically water with a little milk, sugar, like little stuff mixed in. Yeah. And and like, so I always ate cereal growing up with skim milk, which does not like enhance the flavor much. No. But then when we come out to find like now, like that fat isn't whole milk. like, fat isn't bad for you, right? Mm-hmm. Where at least for now it's not bad for you. Right, right. I'm like, I missed out my whole life drinking milk. I know, man. When I could, drinking skim milk. When the whole time. And now you could, you can't eat gluc- glucose. I can't, yeah, I can't, have, I can't have dairy. Yeah, I can't have dairy. And, no dairy, no gluten. And I could be having full fat milk with cereal and it would be amazing but it's all top good. five cereals top five cereals oh give my me, goodness give me give me give me three if you can't think of five yeah i think growing up like cocoa crisps cocoa crisps you always get you get the chocolatey 
mm-hmm. finish oh, frosted yeah. oh, flakes. I love drinking the exactly bowl. You, you always you drink. You don't spoon. No, you always got no. just you just throw it back. You guzzle it. Yeah, uh, frosted flakes got the really the, the traditional trish the traditional. They're great. They're great, and Tony the Tiger, and because um, you get that like sugary coating. Oh, it's um, the best. And I think in adulthood, like I tried tricks a little while ago. Tricks are good. Really? They're for kids, but they're, they're good. They're good. They're good for millennials. Yeah. I like That's it. awesome. Now, because not only have like really healthy cereal, mm-hmm. if we ever get it, yeah. with almond milk, and honestly, just the experience is not the same. No. I mean, if you take sugar out and you take the fat of the milk out, like, I mean, what do you have? Yeah, you have just a mushy exactly. bowl exactly. of almonds, yeah. almond squeezed. I don't even understand almond milk. I really don't even understand it. I How know. you can make milk out of almonds, I don't get it. I've it tried. I've, I've crushed almonds before, and nothing comes out. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I have just no empty. idea. The, I think it's like flavored. Yeah, it's like water flavored with almonds. <laughs> I get coconut milk. Coconut milk makes yes. sense, but the taste yes. cannot be the best sometimes. No, it's not. But um, my favorite. Let's see. Probably a lot of mine were General Mills. Mm, man, oh, it's kind of yeah, like I can't talk to. You I'm anymore. sorry. I can't talk about the competition. No. Uh, was Lucky Charms General Mills? Lucky Charms. I think so. Okay, because that's number yeah. one. Without a Lucky doubt. Charms. Yeah, that is that is solid. Uh Kellogg's solid cereal. My mom used to come home with that Kellogg's K. You know, do you remember Kellogg's K? Mm-mm. Oh, that was like the healthy mm. cereal. That's when my she started getting into the right, healthy right. stuff. But um honeycombs? Honeycombs are good, yes. Are those that's Kellogg's? Post, I think oh, post. post. Yeah, yeah. Another one. I think post is actually right next to Kellogg's, Kellogg's is like, making cereal. I don't know, Bile Creek is like the Cereal capital of the world. Well, it was invented there, so. Yeah, that's crazy. That makes sense. Anyway, so you grew up yes. in, in Battle Creek or in Kalamazoo Galesburg, area. Kalamazoo. Yes. Did you cheer for the Kalamazoo ice hockey team? I honestly grew up not caring about hockey in any way. Really? But, but football? Football. Lions. Lions, Michigan State. Okay. All the way. I'm sorry, man. They're not very well, good this not year. not this year, but State. our basketball team is going to make Top. up for it. Yeah. Yeah. top five so you cheer for the basketball too i do yeah more so, than football well so growing up most years basketball was better than football in mm-hmm. Mich- with michigan state and mm-hmm. so it was just easier to fall in love with with this basketball side you didn't go to michigan state though did i did you? not i went to grand valley state university which is in grand rapids michigan okay just so, north. so what, the reason i chose to like michigan state is because so many people around me liked michigan i just didn't want to be like, like everybody else mm-hmm. i was just like i'm gonna I'm gonna like Michigan State, and so mm-hmm. I chose. I remember like it's probably seven or eight, and I just chose them. And mm-hmm. you know, you choose it once, and then you're kind of stuck with them. You're in, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, because yeah. there's some days I'm like, it would be nice to switch, but my wife's like, why are we just liking our team? I'm like, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Once your heart gets attached, you can't yeah. unattach it. Well, it's interesting because I, I, <clears throat> I thought I, for as a kid, I was a Giants fan, New York Giants mm-hmm. fan, because I grew up in New Jersey, close to the Giants, and there was something about the Giants that. I was hooked. Uh, but then when all of the my favorite players left, retired, and then I moved to Houston, I found my interest in the Giants. Like I couldn't believe it because yeah. I was like die right. hard. I would cry. I would yell. I'd throw at the right. throw stuff at the TV. So are you like that though? Are you like die hard no matter what? Even though you live here in Tennessee, you're not a Titans. So I've I've given it a chance. Right? Okay. I've been here five years now. Well, a couple of years ago with college football, everyone's like, "This is UT's year. Mm-hmm. Like this is the year they're gonna like go to the national championship or at least win the SEC." 
and it was they were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I had to go to I went to a game and it was like they played Rocky Top so many times I wanted to like <laughs> I, I couldn't even handle it. And so that wasn't gonna happen. And then the Titans like oh, they've just I don't been know. they've just been they're just so dis- disheartening. You know, they're just like a a marginally better Lions. Yeah. And here's the thing about the Lions, they're so oh. bad that you just can't help but love them. I know. Like you I've been I've been through the 0 and sixteen season. Like we mm-hmm. can't get any worse. Nope. So here's like it's only up from here. Yeah. And every single year, I get so excited about yeah. the year. I'm so hyped about like, this is our year. It's going to happen. Like I went to the Chiefs game this year and like, we should have won, but mm-hmm. who cares if you should have? We don't win. You know, right, <laughs> at right. the end of the day, we I'm don't so win. I'm so surprised though, like those Barry Sanders years, man, that you guys weren't better. It sucks. It's just something about the organization. We are seriously cursed, but yeah. I, but I want to continue loving them because one day, it's, it's gonna, gonna happen. be all worth it, and I can't even imagine. There's there's two days I'm looking forward to, is when Jesus comes back and we see God face to face, and when the Lions win the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's literally like all I had to look forward to the rest of my life. If so, that if the Lions win the Super Bowl, then you'll know that the time of Jesus's return yes. is near. If those happen simultaneously, <laughs> it would be you will soar up to heaven. Unbelievable. Yeah, like that might be what the Bible's talking about. Like Jesus coming back. <laughs> Yeah, the mighty shout talks about sound. lions. Yeah, coming. Yeah, lions. There's a lot of imagery in Jared that could be talking about the lions winning the Super Bowl. It could. It could. It <laughs> so could you heard, I'm, you heard I'm it here you. first, folks. I'm with you, boy. Revelationary <laughs> things are happening here on the Courage Cast. Um, so the reason I wanted to bring you in, this is great background. It's all fun yeah, yeah. and all that. Um, but uh, you're moving. Mm-hmm. You decided. Uh, you made this kind of surprise. I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised. At the fact that you are, I thought you were going to get like another mm-hmm. position or be like an associate pastor or, or maybe a youth pastor at a large, large church or whatever the next step was for you mm-hmm. that I had in my mind for you is not at all what you are choosing to do. Yeah. So talk about your, what you, first, what the decision is and uh, a little bit of the backstory or what you believe is the, f- the future. Yeah. So we have decided to move actually back to Kalamazoo. You're crazy, Which man. is crazy. It is crazy. And, and so when have you decided to do this? Next month. So it's going to be the middle of the winter. December in December Michigan. in Michigan. So so just, well, I'll back up, but that, will, that was the decision. That should prove to you that this has to be the Lord because <laughs> like we're, yeah. So in a month from now, which is crazy, we'll be moving. Um, when I first came to Gateway, Pastor Charlie pulled me aside because there had been two youth pastors that had been pretty much back to back. And so he pulled me aside. He's like, I, I want you to be here for five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was 21. I didn't have a lot of leverage power to be like, all right, I can't. But I was just, all right, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm super grateful I did because I told people that it wasn't really until year three that I felt like, okay, this is my youth group. The students see me as their pastor. And so the average stay for youth pastors 18 months which I think is crazy because you can't really get to a place where it's yours at that point. Yeah. And you can't build relationships. You can't build relationships. You can't really build a real great foundation to build off. Like there's just, it takes time. And so I'm really thankful that he asked me that because it allowed me to, to have the mentality of all along the way through years that any opportunity has come up or anybody's mentioned anything. It's just like, I'm not going mm-hmm. like, we're not leaving. I came to five years. We're going to mm-hmm. be here. And so it made it really easy to be just like, to settle in. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of times people will get a job and maybe it's one of the things that people have against millennials is like, we job, we hop a lot from job, job to job. And so mm-hmm. for me, just kind of take that, took it off the table. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be here for mm-hmm. half of my twenties. Like this yeah. is where I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, and so this year was, 
five years, actually that was last month. And so, hmm. uh, I think we kind of felt last year, like the five years was going to be it. And so we began to pray through like, God, what do you have for us? What does that look like? Um, and actually the beginning of the year an opportunity came available for a college pastor role. And it was in Michigan, Holland, Michigan, which is yeah. a really cool area. It's a pretty, Michigan, pretty, pretty area, area, pretty area. Um, and a really great church. Up and, and so, coming. yeah. So I got really excited about that. Seemed like a really great opportunity. Um, and went through the different, like went through interview stage with them, but I told them like, I'm here for five years. Like, I'm going to see this fifth class graduate in May. So that was in January. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, we don't think we can wait that long ah. to hire you. And so it was really, it was really disappointing because I felt like this is the perfect job. Like I'm, you know, youth pastor. Now I don't feel like youth. Have you been looking to move back to Michigan? <sighs> not, Cause you're not, not culturally, you're not really a Tennessee boy. No, I'm not. <laughs> that is very <laughs> true. I, the, the South is not, does not fit me super yeah, well. Me neither. But why am I? Why have I been here for twenty six years? Wow, twenty six years. I'm True. only twenty seven. Anyways, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I wasn't. Were you born ninety? Ninety two. Yeah, yeah, I moved 92. here in ninety four. Yeah. Oh lord, it's it's Can, fine. Keep when, going. But here's the thing: I'm going to be that one day. I'm going to be like, yeah, oh, you're, you're so you're young. old. Yeah, yeah exactly. You so are, just remember me. I will when I'm. And you're like retired. eighty then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we were looking. I think there was always the. If I was going to be okay with moving back to Michigan, I wanted to be in an area that I I liked mm-hmm. and with a job that I felt was something I would like to do. Yeah. And so those two things were like, hey, I'll be an hour away from from family. My mom's there, my brother's there, so like I'll be an hour from them. Like that's nice, still a good distance, but they can, you know, my mom can babysit sometimes. If we were mm-hmm. pregnant mm-hmm. or year. so. Um, so went that whole process with them, and I'm sure you know like that it's a long process, especially with churches. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. you're getting your hopes up. You're like, you don't know what's going to happen. And then they decide like, okay, we, we don't think we can wait that long. Mm -hmm. And so kind of shut that down. Um, fast forward a couple months and the job reopened. No, I saw on their website that they still hadn't found someone to hire. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to reach back out and see if they're still interested. Mm -hmm. Um, and so did that, had another interview with them for that role. And then it came down to, we were going to have a baby in April and we're like, Hey, we can't move until the end of May at least, right, right. which is still crazy because mm-hmm. that was a month after mm-hmm. having our baby, but they were still like, we can't, we don't want to wait. They, an they extra couldn't month. wait that long. Yeah. Which wow. is, Usually, which is like, a whole the summertime thing. would be a good transition. It would be, but that's anyway, here, whatever. neither here or there, but it was really disappointing because mm-hmm. I was like, this seems like the perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in ministry. It's a role where I'll be able to speak and use that gifting. Um, seemed like a really great church. Great location. So it was like all the things that like in my mind was like, this is going to be the perfect next step because just being human, I want it to line up like, okay, here I am. And then yeah. it's just a smooth next step mm-hmm. to the next thing. And then, but, but that wasn't what God had. And it was, it was a really disappointing thing to walk through. Cause it was like a six month process almost of like getting my hopes up, getting them dashed and then waiting. I didn't realize all getting that Getting my hopes on. back up and then getting them dashed and right. then being like, why couldn't they wait? Like, why couldn't they wait one more month, mm-hmm. you know? And then try and not take it personally. Like, was it something about me? Even though they wouldn't say it was like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just pretty much the whole spring semester was just walking through that and mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. And then we had a baby, which, mm-hmm. It was amazing. Awesome. It was rocked like your world. Yeah, rock my world. Um, I don't even remember the summer because it's just a blur. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened. 
Yep. Somehow we survived. Yeah, Honestly, I think did. God just gives grace and you just somehow make it. Totally. If I, if I went back and told myself in April that like you'd be alive still and I knew <laughs> I had to go through, I wouldn't believe myself. But like, uh, I'm here and it happened. So, yeah. um, which has been amazing. To, and, and now when we look back, trying to move our family to a whole nother state with a one month old baby yeah. would have been just insane. Yeah, yeah. And so basically when you're like sleep deprived and mm-hmm. <laughs> making just all going kinds crazy of bad decisions, exactly. And all that stuff. And so we look back on it and we see the grace in it, not working out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there, even now I'll be honest, like there's still moments where I'm like, why couldn't that have worked out? Mm-hmm. Because it really seemed like such a great opportunity. Um, and so just kind of to process that and like, okay, God, I don't understand why, why not? Um, but we still felt like, okay, there is something next but it's not clear what is next. Yeah. And so her family's from Asheville. And so we looked into like, do we move to Asheville, North Carolina, which is a beautiful area. Another beautiful area. It's in the mountains. Yeah. Amazing culture. And so it's like, all right, wouldn't that be for most people, the first choice? Yeah. You're not That's getting where I'd be going. snow right in the middle of the winter. And Absolutely. So, um, but to back up even before all of this, about a year and a half ago, my wife, Ashley, um, was driving the car and she felt clearly like the Lord spoke to her and said, you guys are going to move, you guys are going to live in Michigan mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, yeah, you have no idea. Maybe you would fight this too. I like fought hard. I was like, that is not happening. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but mm-hmm. that is not happening. I do not agree with that. I do not agree with that. Like, get behind me. You are hearing from the devil, not mm-hmm. from the Lord. I love you, babe. But, mm-hmm. and for her to say that she's not from Michigan. She yeah. doesn't love the cold. She, she has no motivation. Yeah, to move she in. has no desire to mm-hmm. live in the in the Midwest. Midwesterners are just a whole another breed of people. Yeah, and so and she's grown up in the South her whole life. And so for her, it's like this is not of me, mm-hmm. right? To have this thought is like not of me. And but I was like, all right, if it's not of you, it's not of the Lord, it's not of me. I don't know what it is, but it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And so kind of put that to rest in this process. And then when the Holland thing came up, I was like, hey, maybe that's what the Lord mean, means. Like, hey, there's mm-hmm, this like, we're mm-hmm. 15 minutes from Lake Michigan, which is really nice. Yeah. And like, it's it a great opportunity. It's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. That's what we keep saying. It's going to be beautiful it's in the summer. It's beautiful in the summer. It's beautiful in the summer. Yeah. But, um, but then we, that wasn't going to happen. And then I kept looking for church jobs, like, you know, going on church staffing websites every single day, mm-hmm. looking for opportunities. And let me just say this. That's if, fun. If anybody wants to be a youth pastor, there are a lot of youth pastor jobs out there. Like that is definitely the the place that people are looking to fill. But um, you just don't sense that that's where the Lord is is leading us next. And so um, in September, we kind of came back up. It's like, what, what would it look like to move to Kalamazoo? Um, just to move. Just to move. And, and so we went at the end of September to go to that Chiefs game, um, which <laughs> is whatever. But in that, we were like, all right, while we're up there, we're just gonna be prayerful. We're going to ask the Lord for clarity, like just mm-hmm. to give us peace, that like this is where we're supposed to be. Um, and it was a good weekend. It really was, but it didn't have necessarily like a peace that was just like, okay, this is absolutely what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like part of me, I met with a pastor who was starting a church plant and kind of in my heart, I was like, Lord, what if you would just like, he like offered me a job or like invited me to be part, you know, like mm-hmm. that thing was like, God's just going to like, just You're come just down and just amazing to... thing is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, it was like a little discouraged of like, okay, what, God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but actually meeting with that pastor, I was talking through this transition. One of the things that he said, which really stuck with me, and I don't know if I heard this before, but it hit me in a whole new, whole new way. He said, you know, the, the opposite of faith isn't fear, right? Cause a lot of times we think like, okay, if I'm not walking in faith, I'm walking in fear. He said, the opposite of faith is actually sight. Cause if we have sight, we don't need faith. Mm. 
right? So if we have all the answers, there's no reason to trust God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? If you know the plan perfectly, if you know every step, then faith isn't necessary. Mm. So for us to say how we're just stepping out in faith, really what I was saying is we're leaving, but I, I want to know everything that's happening. Right, right. right? Really what so it's really faith. a lie. Right, it's really a lie of like, okay, it, it makes me sound more spiritual. It does make you sound super I'm stepping spiritual. out in faith, but really... I'm just stepping in something that I think is better, right? And it's <laughs> right. something that's like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so that really hit me. It was like, all right, like w- maybe clarity is like a cop-out for not having to walk in faith. Mm. Like me praying for clarity is like me just saying, God, I don't want to have to trust you. Mm-hmm. So will you show me so that I can take that off the table because that's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And so what we felt like driving home was we need to say yes without knowing the answers. Mm. We need just to go and You're and just God's stubborn show up enough. Your brain is just... Just barely developed enough. Just barely. Enough One year developed enough. To live in faith. Right. But here's the thing. Like, when you look at the whole Bible, with a, like... With a baby newborn. Right. But if you look at the Bible, like, every... Almost every single person God called had to step out in faith. He just yeah. said, go. And they went. Yes. That's You're it. Right. He didn't give them all the answers. You I mean, look at that. Abraham. He just says, go. Yeah. And I'll show you as you go. Mm-hmm. And there was so much that Abraham had to leave behind, but he went. Right? And so, for me and for us, it's like, okay, we're going to go. There's a lot of good we're leaving behind, but we're going to step out and, and we're going to go back to my hometown, which is like not a glorious thing. And when yeah. we tell people we're moving to Kalamazoo, nobody has been like, wow, wow. I, Kalamazoo is so cool. Uh-huh. Like that is amazing. Like honestly, being a millennial, maybe that's one of the things you always want to like have the cool story. Right. Right. So moving to Asheville <laughs> will be the cool story because everybody, when they hear Asheville is like, oh, that's so beautiful. That's yeah, so awesome. I don't blame you. And yeah, exactly. And people are like, oh, we totally understand that because that's like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Even... This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I think in our our comfortable Christianity, we want things that make sense. Okay, so this all sounds good, man. But how is it really making you feel? Like, are you, how scared are you? Yeah, that's where, (laughs) there is- On a scale of one to 10. On a scale of one to 10, I think there is a, there is a piece because Ashley and I are on the same page. I think if we were not on the same page, it would be a different level because we work off of each other. Like when when I'm having a bad day, she's usually having a good day so mm-hmm. she can encourage me. And it's the opposite. Like we had to keep coming back to that because it's not necessarily so much fear as it is just discouragement. Because at the time of the recording of this podcast, I don't have a job in Michigan, mm-hmm. right? So for me, it's like, okay, how am I going to provide for my family? Like, right. what's that going to look like? Am I going to have a job that I actually like to do mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about? Or am I just going to do a job that I'm just paying the bills, right? Right, Because I'm leaving something where I'm passionate about it. I love it. Um, and I think it's something God's gifted to me. I'm walking away from that. And that's where the Lord just been like, hey, if, if this is the gifting I've given you, do you trust me enough to like let go of it and trust that I can give it back mm-hmm. or I'm still working? Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I'm like, hey, I want to jump from one ministry job to the next because I'm kind of afraid of this gap in between of like what happens. What happens? Like, mm-hmm. will I get forgotten? Mm-hmm. Will there not be another opportunity? Um, and so there are definitely a lot of days where there's discouragement. So fear is normal. Yeah, fear, absolutely. Every, we are all feeling, so you're feeling yeah, a for certain sure. sense yeah, of I think fear, there's, yeah, discouragement. Yeah, I think the fear, discouragement. Like, like discouragement, things aren't moving as quickly. Oh yeah, or absolutely. Or it, do you, like, why me, God? Do you feel, do you have moments where you're just kind of like feeling, not sorry for yourself, yeah, but, but I, uh, questioning? I think the, doubting? The, the hardest moments are when I look at other guys my age who are moving up in ministry and it just seems like a seamless process that I look at I'm like, God, wh- is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't that work for me? Like I have a buddy who like, you know, got offered like 20 jobs mm-hmm. 
out of like being my same, he's younger than me and like being a pastor and like every church wants him, mm-hmm. you know? And then I look at me, I'm like, no one's called me. No <laughs> one wants me. So there's definitely this insecurity that works itself in of like, yeah. maybe you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe people don't want you. Maybe this isn't what you're called to. Like mm-hmm. there's that the insecurity that comes in and then the discouragement of like, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe this dream that I have isn't real and it's not of the Lord. And so, um, so where are you turning? Like, what are, um, is there a scripture that you're hanging on to? Uh, I, I hear that, you know, you and Ashley are on the same page. That's huge, huge. But um, what do you hear God saying to you? What do you hear the Holy Spirit saying? Is there scripture? Is there yeah. a word, a promise? What, anything? Yeah, so I think it's... I'm just curious about yeah, it. Yeah, um, I think we keep coming back to you and keep holding on to you is like, God is faithful. Like God is faithful. He's faithful. He's provided for us in the past. And that's, I think a theme that just runs through all the Bible is like God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. He's going to show up. He's going to provide. He knows the end from the beginning. Like he has this. Mm-hmm. And I think of the moments where I'm like, I don't, I don't see what you're doing. We had to come back to, to relying on, on that faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and to like something that I taught our students last night, first uh, Peter five, seven is cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I taught us this, this little uh, acronym that I came up with, Ooh. which is CAST, which is, first of all, communicate Courage with God. Courage CAST. Okay. There yes, we go. It's, co- it's coming along. Right. It's coming it's full circle. Because the first thing that I do is I go to my mind and I start working up myself up. I'm like mm-hmm. the worst case scenario. I'm a nine on the Enneagram, which means in my unhealth, I go to a six, mm-hmm. the negatives of a six, which oh. is like worst case scenario. Yeah. Like I'll, sometimes when I'm worse struggling with money, I'll tell Ashley, like, I guess the worst thing is going to happen. Like we'll live in a cardboard box. <laughs> like I just like, why does my mind even go there? Right. But it goes there. And so like, I go right. to this place where I'm like, this is all going to fall apart. Like we're not going to have money. Like we're going to go into debt, like all this stuff. Right. And so what I have to do is like, instead of going to worry first, like go to God first. Okay. Like, communicate with so God. Communicate just with God. Yeah, so that's the first uh, the A is ask specifically. So just be specific with God. Like, hey, this is what's going on. Like the other night we're selling our house and like we have this toilet that's been leaking and it's like trying to figure out where it's coming from. And so I fixed it. And then I saw a little water coming out from underneath uh-huh. it the other night. And I started freaking out. I was like, hey, how much is it going to cost? So we're going to have the plumber come out and like mm-hmm. all this stuff, like we're already moving and all these costs involved. And I just like had to practice cast. I was like, okay, God, I'm coming to you. I'm not going to my worry. I'm asking you specifically like, can you fix this toy? Like, right. please just like whatever. Show me how to fix yeah, this. Show me toy. how to this fix this. Show us what's going issue. on. Yeah. Or if it needs to be fixed, please provide the money for it to happen. Like mm-hmm. to be specific with God because he cares about those specific needs. We're his children. He wants to hear those things. Uh-huh. Um, and then the S is to surrender control. I think a lot of times what we end up doing is we go to God once, we give it to him, and then we just start, we just take it back. Right, right. We give it to him and it's then we take it back. It's a constant surrender. Right. It's and an active. It's, a con- it's saying, okay, I'm letting go. I'm not closing my hands back up like i'm holding my hands out i'm Mm -hmm. I'm letting that go and the t is to thank him in advance which is this constant place of thanksgiving coming out of uh philippians 4 which uh, talks about with prayer petition and thanksgiving present your request to god it's a big i think that's a part killer i think it's a part that we miss so much is we Mm -hmm. come to god with all of our problems we don't come to him with praise right i'm like god you are so great in this and and when we lift our eyes away from our problems to him it, it really does change the heart of like okay you are so much greater than this yeah there's nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had to constantly come back to that. So I'm actively practicing that moment to moment. Right now you're living it. I'm living that. Communicate, so. ask, surrender, and think. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's like, that was worth having you come over here. <laughs> right there. That was like value right there. That's gold. Yeah. Goldman. Gold, gold from the gold Goldman. Gold from the Goldman. Yes. 
Um, I don't know why I just always goof around with you. You're just uh, funny easy, to yeah. easy, easy, easy to make fun target. of. I don't you're know what nine. that means. I don't know what that nine. means, Eric. Yeah, I don't know. You're a nine. You just go with it. <laughs> I don't push back. You don't push back. I don't challenge it. Yeah, and you'll go to the worst case scenario, yeah, which yeah. gives me a chance. So to every time, every time that we hang out and we're done, I'm going home like Eric hates me. <laughs> like our friendship's <laughs> over. <laughs> totally the opposite. <laughs> um, well, this is really really cool, man. Oh shoot. I just lost my computer, but it's back up. Um, so I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions, Mr. Uh, 27 year old yeah. in your life. I think you're more mature than your age, really M more mature for your age. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. much, much more. So that's why I'm asking you this. Cause I, I normally ask older people this question. Okay. Okay. Well, I will, I will answer, but I can't promise. No, it's all right. Uh, seven questions. Okay. What is the greatest lesson you have learned, Craig? Wow. Greatest lesson I've learned. This <laughs> is rapid fire. What? Yep. This is this rapid is rapid. Fire. You can't think about okay, it. Sorry. So. The greatest lesson I've learned is that the greatest position you could live in is a child of God. Uh -huh. I'm constantly learning that is that that's what we're called to be. That's the greatest reality of being a Christian is being a child of God. Cause that reorients everything in life. Yeah. Even now that's what we're learning this season. Faith. I just gotta be a child, mm -hmm. right? My father's going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. I'm in his family. Yep. And if I can live from that position, it changes everything in my life. Mm. That's good. That's good. I like that. Two, what new things are you just learning now? I am learning how to be a dad. Yes. <laughs> I'm, learning, I'm learning to, I'm also learning to have uh, a consistent schedule in my life um, and being disciplined in my mornings mm -hmm. is actually something that I'm working on right now is how am I utilizing my mornings to set up the rest of my day? Cause I am not a morning person. Mm -hmm. Um, but having a baby now kind of has reset a little bit where I'm like, I can make choices now mm -hmm. that can allow me to, to maximize my morning. Cause that, when you read all about like successful people, they maximize their mornings. They do. I have never done that. No, I'm always the person that wakes up like 10 minutes before I have to leave. I mm. roll out of bed and that always sets up my day just to be tired and to kind of be groggy. Um, the most productive seasons of my life have been when I've disciplined my mornings yeah, for sure. Cause it does, it does set you like, there's just that one thing yeah. that sets you up for the rest of the day. Yeah. So um, I've been trying to work out in the mornings, which is usually something I do in the afternoons. I get home from work mm -hmm. or at night, which then takes away from time with my family. Mm -hmm. And so it's not an option for me not to exercise or work out. And so I'm like, okay, if I move it to my morning, I start my morning already accomplishing something. Yeah. You feel good. I have to do. And then I look at tonight. I'm like, I don't have to work out. Yeah. And I've I'm super jealous of your uh, ability to have metabolism. I mean, I just to be, like it works it. Trust for you. Me, I am. I know losing when it. you hit 31, I'm telling you. Well, that's why 31. we had to switch our diet because we, I was already, if, did you know me when I, before we switched our diet? Oh, you, you peaked in 2007. No, I promise you. Yeah. I peaked. I peaked. <laughs> the photo of you picture that you me. Yeah. You're but funny. I, but even, I mean, a couple of years ago, I was not fat, I was overweight. Oh really? No, I was. And really? so when we switched our diet, that kind of was the. Mm -hmm getting on the right path again. Yeah. And so the, there's another have, phase that happens at age 31. Okay. Well, they don't discourage going me to that. extremes. Yeah. And that's when we had a baby. I was like the, like the next day I worked out again because I knew that I'm so, I was so exhausted, delirious, but I was yeah. like, if I don't start now, I'm going to get 10 years down the road and be like, yep. I haven't exercised or worked out for that long. So you got to do it. So trying to maximize our mornings, I guess. Okay. So maximize your mornings, what you're learning discipline. How has failure shaped your life? Mm-hmm. Um, failure. 
failure. Sorry. That's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not you're still listening to the Sorry. podcast, folks. Yeah. yeah. No, failure is, is telling me that it's okay to fail and to try different things. What have you failed at that you can? The podcast. I absolutely looked at it as a failure because it did not, I had this dream of what it would be. Mm-hmm. It was for what dreamers. Was the dream? The dream was for it to become a whole movement. Like it was yeah. become like this thing where like this whole community of people and maybe conferences one day, the become, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. We're like, becomers. Right. Like this. So the dream was like, I want this to be this whole thing and this mm-hmm. community and this whole thing. And it was like, it so just didn't you, happen. What'd you learn from quitting that or failing at it? Yeah. What you feel like is a failure. Yeah. I think what I learned is like, okay, I can do stuff because mm-hmm. we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, to, it's to celebrate, like we did something, we started something, yeah. it started as a dream and we conceived it and we actually followed through with it. I met some really great people that I never would have met through interviewing them. Mm-hmm. Like there were some really good things that came from it. I love podcasting. I learned a lot about podcasting and, and that whole world. I got to work on communication. So there were some really good things that came out of it. Yeah. Um, but when you look at that, you know, it felt like a failure. It was like, it didn't become what we wanted to become. Obviously people didn't buy into it. Mm-hmm. And of course that's also time too. If we would have stuck with it longer, who knows what it would have been. Right. But, but we the didn't energy, stick with it. Yeah. yeah the energy done. wasn't there. I've regretted almost everything I quit. Yeah. And I now look back at it. So now I look back, I'm like if we did this for the past year and a half, who knows where it would be? Yeah. You don't know. Right. And so. Yeah. I've made a lot of those things where it's like, no, I mean, I should have at least saved certain parts of it or kept certain parts of it, right. but whatever you learn from it. Right. And I've learned to stick with things more. Yeah. And that's what I think some I've learned out of that is like, I understand my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like my weaknesses are not necessarily on the organizational side of things. So when every time I loved doing the podcast mm-hmm. like I loved the conversation and editing, I love, those were two things, but then when I had to market it, when I had to go out and get the interviews, Training. it's just sucked the life out of me. Right, right. And so what I realized, like, if if I want to be successful in having own business or someday or doing something, mm-hmm. like, I have to focus in on what I'm good at because it will not last very long if I'm having to do those things right. that just drain me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a lot more we could talk about with that. But uh, what have you read that I should read? Um, right now I'm reading outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Have you read that? I have. Okay. Which mm-hmm. is, it's an interesting book. It's a great book. It's very, it's, a, it's such a different book than any book I've ever written, mm-hmm. re- read before. You're, you do have a business part of you. That's like entrepreneurial. Yes. There is. So I've, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I have like, I don't have the blood of an entrepreneur, but I have like veins. Like there's like something <laughs> in me, but it's not like, it's not yeah. like in my blood. I think there, there'll be a partner that'll come your way. Maybe that's a prophetic word for yes, you, but maybe. I think there'll be someone, someone that's going to come your way. That's going to well, meet that. your, your strengths with his strengths. And you guys are going to be a good match, a guy or a girl. Yeah. Could be Ashley. Yeah. Well, we've talked about, it. we have some plans and yeah. we're, we're dreaming up right now. Yeah. Don't just be open. Uh, what have you done that I should do? Um, you should you should go to Africa. I guess that's something that oh, I've done. I've never been. Do. I've never yeah. been to the continent of Africa. Great continent. Yeah. yeah where'd you go? It's a great place. So I, I spent some time in South Africa and uh-huh. spent some time in Uganda. So okay. both areas. Go to Africa. Go to Africa. It's great. Great people. Um, what do you know that I should know? I know I know how to play guitar. You know how to play guitar. Nope. You should know how to play guitar. I know how to play the D chord. Okay, that is that's you only need G, C, and D, yeah, no and D. you can play most Christian songs. <laughs> I know, that's especially sad. when I was in high school. When I was in high school, <laughs> it's a little more nuanced now. But like when I was in high school, all I needed to know was G, C, and D. Good worship leader. Okay, so I should take some guitar. Just take because then you Why? could help your wife. Oh yeah, I should you could I, co-write with her, man? I totally could. But I play piano. Oh yeah, you're an amazing piano player. Mm, so I'm okay. You need to teach me. Okay, 
Um, and lastly, how can I add value to you mm. in this journey that you're going on? Yeah, that's great. Well, honestly, I, I do respect you a lot. I look up to you. Mm-hmm. And so I value your life experience mm-hmm. and input. And I am 27. I do not have it all figured out. And I, in, in, you have been places I haven't been mm-hmm. and experience I haven't been mm-hmm. place I haven't been. And so I want to learn from that. Mm. You know, I, I, I'll tell you this, this is kind of a vulnerable moment, but, um, when you were doing the podcast, I really wanted to help you more. Mm. I really wanted to encourage you more. Mm. And I probably should have, um, did you ever feel like you wanted to ask for more, um, help with it? I think, or did you just, were you just kind of running? I think it was one of those things. Like I just did it Mm -hmm. and looking back, like I should have reached out for more help. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I didn't really bring other people into it or ask. To, I didn't talk to a lot of podcasters. I kind of, I kind of went off the fact that I listened to a lot of podcasts and mm-hmm. I kind of understood right. how to do it. And I watched some videos and like podcasting, sure. and so like understood it. But I think there's an insecurity of like bringing other people into it mm. because for me, I don't like to show people a finished product until it's finished. Because if I bring them in the process, I feel really insecure about like. I can't always articulate the final vision. Yes, I know what you mean. And so if I bring someone into it when it's not final, I start to question if it's good. Yeah. So it's easier for me just to to do it Mm -hmm. and then to put it out there and people are like, wow, that's that's really good. And even with with writing messages, like Mm -hmm. something that I have not done much is bringing other people into that process Mm. is because there's an insecurity that like I, when I sit down at a computer and I start doing it, like it's come so naturally. Mm -hmm. But then what if I bring somebody else in and it doesn't flow and they're like, wait, he's not, he's a fraud. Like he's actually not good at this. Mm-hmm. Mm, so and, being seen. Yeah. Being seen. Being so like, seen like that. Right. And so when I get to the end product, then not people look at it, it and they're like, oh man, like he's such a good speaker. Like he's such, he's so good at that podcast thing, but like, they don't know how much insecurity goes into like, mm-hmm. but what if they see that I'm not? I tell you what, as, as an only child, I don't know if it's an only child thing. I don't know if it's a pride thing. It's probably a combination of things, but um, I, I often wonder how much my life would be different if I allowed people to mm. see kind of what I deemed as the ugly parts, yeah. the parts that didn't have it all figured out, uh, the parts that maybe are my weaknesses and all of that. Like if I had really trusted God enough to allow someone else yeah. into, cause I maybe have been hurt by other people or, you know, I'm just, I, it's so, it would wound me so much. It would wound that little ego right. so much if yeah. I, allowed that to be seen. Right. And I, I missed out yeah. on a ton by doing that. Right. And I think I'm still figuring that out because mm-hmm. I'm not an only child, but I grew up in the church. And so, and my sisters were both amazing, but they were like perfect children. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt this expectation growing up of like, I'm not going to be as good as them, but I got to be good. Uh-huh. You know, my brother was kind of like the rebel and I kind of just was in the middle, lost a little bit. Yeah. But I, I proved myself by like having it all together. Uh-huh. And so even now it's like, I'm learning how do you be vulnerable and honest and like, I see be that. okay with the mess. You're going into a kind of a mess, a really, right. like not really messy. And what's exposing because mm-hmm. when I'm, I'm applying for jobs and like, I am not in any way qualified for any job I'm applying for, mm-hmm. right? There are very few jobs coming out of five years of being in ministry that honestly, like I, that translate from the experience <laughs> I've had. Like I've, I've had to work really hard of like, how do I translate the skills I've had or learned in five years to the business world when I'm applying right. for, for jobs. And it's really an insecure place of like, 
there's not many places where I feel like I'm going to thrive or, mm-hmm. or want me, you know? Mm-hmm. So like every time I get a job application, application decline, I'm like, well, they're just like a hit in my ego or a mm-hmm. hit in my value. Even that they don't know me, they're just looking at a resume. Sure, sure. It's like, what if I can't do anything else? Right, right. What if this is the only thing that I can do? Am I leaving the only thing I'm good at right. to go to something that I'm not going to be good at? Yeah, and there's a lot. a lot of days in my bad days, I tell Ashley, I'm like, why? I'm leaving something that like people <laughs> look at and they're like, can you're I, good can at I that. Can I change right? my, <laughs> yeah. It's too late, it's a little bit too late for that. But it's like, I don't want to be bad at stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's and a that's, scary that's human thing. nature. It is, and and but I have to be okay with letting that go. And that's why this season is, it's good. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to have to step into something where maybe I'm not qualified for it. And if I knew, move. yeah, man, if I knew that being a Christian would, was really about <laughs> tearing away and ripping away mm-hmm. all of me, yeah, like what I'm comfortable in and, you know, surrendering and all of that. Like, I, I don't know, like somebody said in another episode I just had, so it's not a real good sales pitch. For yeah, Christianity, absolutely. But that's the place of real life, right? That's where Jesus says is life. Right. You will find it in me. You will not find it right in yourself, right? So that's good. That's it's good. Anyway, I'm encouraged to hear your story. I'm I'm mostly excited the way that you're approaching it with you know a lot of discouragement, and disheartening, and all of that. But you're you're being obedient. And that's what matters most. You're obedient to what you believe God's calling you to do. And I know that he's faithful with you. So we'll, we'll be praying with you guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate Excited to that. see your journey. Thanks, man. As messy as it may look yeah. or as different as it may be, um, it's all good because it's God's, God's got you on the journey. That. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Thanks for answering. So those rapid fire questions okay, yeah. weren't bad. No, they weren't bad. They were I, had, easy. I had a little gap there. You had, them, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cut the gap out. Okay, thank you. I we'll appreciate make it that. Less You'll make me sound awkward. better. Okay, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> less. It was very awkward. So let's cut that. It was a little less. What than was rapid. it? You said you said something. It was like, just are you just, still there? <laughs> Hello. It's like this is a live podcast. Like it's not like technology failed us. You're still there. Uh, Craig Goldman. How can people reach out to you if they want to uh, follow you on uh, follow your journey? Yeah. So Instagram is Craig T Goldman. Craig mm-hmm. T Goldman on Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, and you can follow along. Mostly, I just post about my baby now. Yes, you do. That's about he's it. Cute. But he's cute, he's so he's Porter. worth it. People are like, "Man, you got to make sure you keep up your Instagram." But they they don't want it for me. They just want it. They for just the want baby. the baby. Yeah, which totally. I get. Yep. How many kids are you and Ashley planning on having? And I we had this discussion Seven? the other night, and no, 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 no. We were like, we would be so happy with one child, especially this. <laughs> I mean, we've asked people like, what age do they get to where you're like. We could do this again because we are not at that mm-hmm. age yet. Nope. We're like, Lord, if you just want us to have one child, we will be so mm-hmm. satisfied <laughs> in that. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard and it's tiring. And it's yeah. it it your depravity comes out so quickly when your child starts screaming. Yeah. Oh, totally. And we, we become terrible. It's just people. another layer of it's just something dying that, to self. That something happens. that happens in my heart. When he starts screaming, just something happens in my heart that just like all <laughs> of the bad comes out. Mm-hmm. It's like Yep. Man. I know it, man. You're not, I'm right there with you. I know what that feels like. <laughs> All right. Well, Craig, thanks, man, for being um, so vulnerable with me and uh, just getting together. It was a fun hang. Well worth the wait. Yes, a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much. God bless you, man. All right. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.